0: We are back with the latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast coming to you from Clearwater, Florida. I am Frank Close along with Jeff Mosher, and we're on part two of our spring training launch podcasts uh, of uh, of wrapping around this weekend here. And, Jeff, how was your weekend? Did you get to enjoy those games?
1: Listen, man, I did. I did. Uh, I had a busy weekend, but I definitely was able to catch the – Spring training was it the opener I guess the the between the Phillies and the Yankees right yeah,
0: two openers simultaneous yeah because they had the split one in uh one in what one, one off in uh in Clearwater there and I remember I tweeted something it was Weston Wilson had the first home run of the Grapefruit League and I was like well wait a minute something might have happened in Lakeland that I'm not seeing so <laughs> 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 but no he was the first so. So yeah, a little interesting that they're opening on a split squad. Uh, somebody's got to. Uh,
1: I, I was, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I don't remember that. Usually I thought they, that's a couple of days into camp before they start doing that. But, um, it was just good to see some baseball back. Sure, sure and, it was. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and, and,
0: you know, you got to see a lot of new players, uh, that whose names you might not be familiar with. I always love when used to be when somebody came over from minor league camp, they had like a 94, 93, 92 jersey to throw them. Yeah, yep. they just put on before they get get into a game. Well, now they come over with their minor league jerseys and their minor league numbers. So uh, I, I love how at the beginning of the game, Kyle Schwarber is this big slugger. And then by late in the game, number 12 is a uh, skinny guy. <laughs> so you have to figure out what's going on or why Kevin uh, Long is playing left field. But no, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, just one quick update before we start to talk some uh, pitching, because that's our goal today. I, You know, I was wandering around camp the other day, and I uh watching the workouts, and I thought, I haven't seen Reese Hoskins. Mm. And eventually I did, so I thought, oh, okay. He took a couple ground balls at first base, and then he did take a couple swings, not a lot, off of Aaron Nola. Uh, so it just came out that uh, he had a little minor surgery to repair a torn meniscus. Uh, they called it normal wear and tear. So he has not been in a game yet, uh, but they say that he should be by the end of the week. So uh, that that's the one little injury update uh, for for from camp, as far as I know. There's really not other, not many others to report. We know about Bryce Harper, of course, but uh, but Reese Hoskins, something to watch. But it sounds like he will be. Just fine. So
1: that's good. Yeah, that's usually uh like a, a quick scope, not a not a big deal. I've seen some football yeah. players come back within two or three weeks uh, of having that. So like I said, well, be all there, right. it
0: was reported that that he was behind. I certainly have uh personally watched him take take balls at first base and swing the bat, so it can't be can't be so so bad. All
1: right, nice. so do you okay. want to, um, real quick, Frank, yeah. before we get into pitching, I mean, so there was a, another note I thought we should bring up and discuss, just in retrospect, uh, with Manny Machado signing that huge contract mm. because he had an opt-out this year. I mean, remember, he and Bryce Harper, that was the, the huge free agency pursuit of, what was that, four years ago now, five years ago? And the one thing that you look at with the Bryce Harper himself and the contract and negotiation is there was never an opt-out in that deal. Now, that doesn't mean the Phillies might not do the right thing in a year or two and maybe, you know, add to, I don't know, restructure or give them a little bit more money. But um, I, I think that that was a huge benefit to both and a credit to Harper and for John Middleton and all involved. I guess we have to throw Matt Klintak in there uh, because the Phillies have been able to bring in a guy like Trey Turner and and huge payroll and some of the Padres. It doesn't really matter because you can go over the luxury tax from Mark and, and the Padres seem all too happy to do that. But it's not something that the Phillies had to worry about this year like they would have with Manny Machado opting out. So that's that's kind of a cool little nugget that I remember when Bryce signed the contract, he said, look, I think he purposely was asked why there was no opt out. And he said, look, I just wanted to sign a, a contract with one team and have my career end there. And this was the place. Uh, and that's pretty cool, because whenever you have those opt outs, you get kind of scared that that this beautifully long contract and good player really could be gone in a few years.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I, mean, I guess the Padres almost had to get it done. Uh, yeah. In fact, I thought they signed Bo- Bogarts because they expected to lose Machado. So they now have three shortstops yeah, signed yeah. to uh 10-plus years deal. So Tatis got 14 years, Bogarts 10 years, and now here's another 11 for Machado. So that's a lot of time to have three shortstops locked. And yeah, yeah, of course, they, they have Machado playing third and Tatis is going to play
1: somewhere when he's off his suspension. but Yeah, they're uh, probably going to move him to the outfield, I would think, now. Yeah, that's, that's, that. that
0: sounds like that's what they're doing. They're moving Soto to left so that he can play right. So three guys out of position. But, uh, in fact, even Scott Boris, who is his agent, was a little surprised uh, when mm-hmm. when Bogart signed because he just assumed they were out of it because they already had two shortstops, the long-term deals. And- right. And where have we heard this
1: where have we heard this before about a couple of guys uh, big big time bats playing out of position and maybe not in the best spot for for what their their talent level is where, where have we heard that maybe before?
0: <laughs> well this is this is a long term out of position, so definitely uh, and, if, and if whoever actually ends up at short forever <laughs> is uh, it, it you know needs to be moved off the position. Cause that happens sometimes. Um, uh, mm-hmm. be interesting to see where, where, where that goes. But yeah, Phil, you know, by the way, I don't think Bryce Harper cares. Uh, I think he's, he's happy with what he signed. I mean, so, but mm-hmm. what it comes out to, if we have to go take the clock back to, to before, I guess it was four years ago, right? So this would have been year five in his opt out season. So right. Bryce Harper ends up with 13 years, 330 million. Manny Machado, 15 years, 470 million. So. <sighs>
1: It's a hundred and fifty million dollar uh, differential right there. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. So, which, I mean, like Brandon Machado, very young. So now that, that's only going to take him to uh, to year forty. But mm-hmm. man, that's uh, th- this Harper deal looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, definitely. Especially the APY on it. You know, as as all these contracts get signed, you know, he's probably not even in the top fifteen right now for annual salary. Yeah. So, so
0: the Phillies have a bargain. So if they have to eat some money at the end, you don't feel so bad about it because they're getting their money's worth. So, So, so absolutely. So let's, let's talk a little bit about pitching here. So, uh, and this is, this is a, uh, an interesting topic for the first time in a while. It feels like almost every slot on the roster pitching wise is accounted for. Yes. And, uh, with the exception of, the fifth starter. So I guess we got to begin with that. Now certainly we could talk about relievers aplenty because they have some options beyond the expected ones, but it seems like this fifth starter spots wide open.
1: You would think so. First of all, I think you have to ask yourself how much will the fifth starter even factor in right for the first month with, or, or six weeks with the off days. That are built in because I think that even last year they went with four man when they could, if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: It might have been out of necessity more so than yeah. I, I yeah. think they would like to get away from that because what you saw at the end of the year. I mean, uh, Zach Wheeler was a little banged up uh, along the way, so so I don't I don't know if they would like I, they probably would prefer not to not to jump the starters ahead. I mean, like this isn't Roy Halliday in 2010, mm-hmm. where of course. There's a day off after uh, three games. Well, he's pitching on day five no matter what. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, I think they would prefer I think they're thinking longer term now. They want they want everybody healthy at the end and in the postseason.
1: Right. So I guess the question really I mean the like you just said, it's pretty locked in, you know who's who. You, you know you got Wheeler, Nola, and then Suarez, and then they signed Taiwan Walker to be there for um When you look at five, it's got to be between Bailey Falter and Andrew Painter, right? And so Andrew Painter will be the big kind of, like, guy to watch this spring. And he's huge, and he throws almost around 100, right? But
0: They are claiming uh, that Nick Nelson and Michael Plasmeyer are candidates as well.
1: Sure they are. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Look, I think Falter really deserves to be, if we're just talking about what you've done in the past and not knowing – what you're going to get from Andrew Painter or if he's going to come, come north with the team, I think Falter deserves to be the fifth guy. Uh, I know he melted down a little bit in that last start of the year. It was against the Braves where he just didn't perform well. But I think you can't just look at one start. You just look over the long term. And I just felt comfortable at times with him on the mound, even though he doesn't have the electric electric stuff that, say, uh, Vince Velasquez would have. You just felt more reliable with Billy Falter as your fifth starter. Um, the thing with Painter – it comes down to do they do this thing that teams do now where you intentionally keep a guy stored in the minors until what, like June, right? To to, to continue to have that extra year of arbitration. It doesn't even take that long. You only need to wait like five weeks. So Yeah. Oh, that's right. Not June, May. Right, right. So do they do that with Painter or does he have such a good spring that you just have no choice but to bring him up north? I think that, you know, I wonder if they already know the answer to that or if he – can really truly convince Dombrowski and and the brass that he belongs north immediately. What is, oh, what is Dombrowski's I, history with this? I can, well, Josh Beckett
0: came up super young. He might yeah. not have he might have hit twenty, or maybe he was still nineteen actually. And then uh, the other guy, uh, Rick Porcello, on his mm-hmm. watch came up at maybe nineteen or twenty. I can't remember which one was nineteen. The rules I think were Beckett different back then, right? Yeah, Beckett right. was nineteen, Porcello was twenty, but I don't think it was out of spring training. So I, I think it's correct. Yeah, I, I can tell you this: just walking around the complex, minding my own business, people just just overhearing things. I think people people in the Phillies are some that certainly would give Painter every opportunity to to, to make this rotation. I think that I think that there's enough people that think he's that electric, that fascinating. I mean, I think, I think it would take him getting roughed up a lot this spring to not almost not, not bring him up, right? I mean, you want to, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you want to compete, you want your best players to go north with you. He's probably one of the most talented. Uh, so then the question is, what's next? Now, now, to me, Andrew Painter, he's a kid who – he's literally – I say kid. He's a teenager. Um, but every level he's ever played, he has just been absolutely dominant so, mm-hmm. so, really, what's left for his development? It's almost like he needs to face some adversity, and you know maybe that adversity comes when you are uh on a major league roster and a major league slugger starts smacking you around some i mean does he almost he almost is the type that needs to have that happen in the major leagues
1: mm. well i would- I would love to see it. I think it would be a great thing as long as he has a great spring. And I think it would sort of also stamp the Dabrowski Phillies as the newer, more, even though he's kind of an older school guy, it's for the Phillies. They still have that mentality that they don't bring up guys instantaneously. They wait too long for some, or that this is the kind of move that historically they would not make. So if they come North with Painter as the five, I think that would continue to, kind of add to what they've been over the last few years a high spending team an unafraid team or a, a team that doesn't seem risk averse right you know they'll they, whether it's a contract to Bryce Harper or go to the, the com- competitive luxury tax mark or even this this would be another chapter in showing that they just want to win and they're doing what they can to have the right people in the right place to do that um and and money is not the obstacle here and in this case it would be like you don't try to store them in the minors just for that extra year of uh, of contract control. So I think that that would be an excellent decision as long as, you know, he has a really good spring. The thing is, if he does make the team as your fifth starter, that pushes Bailey Falter into a bullpen role, right? And now Correct. you look at this team and they're about as left-handed as I've ever seen them be <laughs> in the bullpen to the point where you start to wonder, well, wait a minute, you can't carry like, Five lefties out of six or seven relievers. That's a, something's not going to match right, right? I mean, maybe like they'll have to make a trade coming out of camp, but you've got Alvarado, you've got Soto, you got Strom. Is it Strom or Stram? How do you pronounce Strom? Strom, right? Strom. Um, Christopher Sanchez is a lefty. This kid that they brought in, Marte, is a lefty. So, like, you know, I don't, I, it, it's almost a little bit overly lefty,
0: right? Yeah, well, I have Lasquez. Who they've claimed for the second time. He pitched a little bit oh, yesterday. Right. I mean, he's somebody that, that, that I think has a shot to help some major league team, but, but again, he's another lefty. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, they, they would have a lot of lefties there. So, uh, so that's a good point. And then also the question becomes, you're almost going to lose somebody because you don't have anybody left to option from your, your bullpen, right? So, mm-hmm. so if you start from, well, Soto has not appeared in camp yet, uh, but, but you have newly acquired Soto newly acquired Kimbrel, newly acquired Strom plus the Dominguez Alvarado Bilotti, Brogdon, Nelson that's eight right so I mean do you I mean Nick Nelson, I thought did fine as his in his long man role last year. I mean I suppose you could cut him in favor of somebody that has options mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know i I, I, I think you want to keep as many of your arms as possible.
1: I would think so. So you usually go north with what? Seven relievers or is it that how, how many that eight, right?
0: Yeah, and I just named the eight that are yeah. the ones that, that are slotted. So it's gonna be hard for some of these other people to crack the right. the bullpen and then if 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 as you said, Falter is not your fifth starter, do you option him? I mean it depends. I guess it depends on how he pitches. I mean Falter still has an option to the minor leagues. But you're, that, you're,
1: yeah. Yeah. This is strange. So when they signed Strom, right? You figured he was a good left-hander. I don't know if you call it a left-hander setup or a left-hander middle relief guy, right? Um, that be the lefty they,
0: that comes in ahead of Alvarado.
1: Right. Right. Like your first sort of high lever, medium to high leverage left-handed situation. But then they traded for Soto, who I've paid attention to a lot over the last three years. He just happened to be on. He's been on my fantasy team. He's a good pitcher, good young pitcher. Who's got sort of implosive tendencies, but also explosive tendencies. He can, mm-hmm. he can throw it by you. I mean, he's got really good stuff. It's sort of like Alvarado light. Um, because when it's bad, it can be really bad. Uh, he's always had, he's always had a high whip. He, he puts guys on base, but he also was in a position in Detroit where he was the closer or ninth, eighth inning guy. Now you have more selective ways to use him and maybe you capitalize on that, but. I don't sort of know what they want between having Soto and Strom. You know, they're almost like the same guy to me. So I, yeah, it could have been a matter of
0: opportunity. I mean, if you can add somebody like Soto, I mean, I'm sure when they signed Strom, uh, they might not, they certainly didn't have a deal for Soto in in hand yet. So Mm -hmm. you turn a, a deal for Soto down that only costs you two of your utility players, uh, I don't
1: know that oh, I don't know that you no. would want to turn that down. No, I agree. What was it? Maton and who what oh, Vierling. Vierling, right. No, that that's a good deal. I mean, listen, especially for the Phillies, who have always kind of struggled to piece together their bullpen for the last few years. And they've brought in guys who you thought were gonna be good at times and and were not. I'm a little worried about Craig Kimbrell. I guess he's supposed to be the David Robertson replacement. Um, you know, he's older, his numbers have not been trajecting the right way, so I'm sort of you know, I was kind of looking forward to Brogdon kind of having a bounce back after that second half last year. He started to look a little bit better in the yeah. playoffs, right? So I was kind of hoping Brogdon was going to be that guy and maybe he still could be. Um, I don't know if the Kimbrel signing, Frank, was sort of an overreaction to not having a veteran right-hander in the pen like Robertson. And so, and not having the trust that Bilotti or Brogdon or Nelson was going to be that guy, but I really do kind of worry about <laughs> about what Kimbrell is at this point and how they plan to use him
0: yeah I mean he's been kind of up and down the last couple of years it's funny he's the name everybody has wanted for years and uh all the times he had been traded or rumored to be traded everybody kept mm-hmm. saying oh it's time for the Phillies to trade for yep. Kimbrell and well he's finally here but it's a it's on a one-year deal so I mean it's not a long-term commitment and but you know last year 375 ERA I mean he was pretty good um last year. I mean wasn't right. wasn't dominant. But uh he's, he's definitely nice.
1: making the team. I mean, right? He gave him all the oh, yeah. money the deal that he got. Makes him yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean he got twenty two saves last year in in twenty seven opportunities, but I mean he kinda was he kinda had a rough rough stretch. I think he's I think most of those blown saves kind of came near each other. Dodgers right. took him out of that closer's role, but mm-hmm. um yeah, but you know he's not in that. He's not in that role. I mean, nobody's really in that role, of course. And the, uh, I mean, you kind of figure that the the ones getting the outs at the end are, are Dominguez and Alvarado, unless unless yeah. one of them's off
1: that day. So let's let's talk about that because I'm curious for your opinion on this. Do you think that what we saw at the end of last year was. Tom Thompson's redefining what the closer role is in Philadelphia. It's been redefined other way, other places, but in Philly, it's always been, you've had a closer who's going to have like 20 or 30 saves, right? Did he just redefine the Phillies closer role to more of high leverage reliever for high leverage situations? And it could be a different person or was that for circumstance because he really only trusted certain guys last year in certain certain spots and it was working well so he went with it in other words do you go into 2023 do you think at some point there'll be more clear find like Dominguez is going to be your ninth inning guy Albert will be your eighth or will he all year long say hey the we're playing the Astros and they have a bunch of right-handers coming up here in the eighth inning that are their best hitters right uh or not the Astros like, let's say it's the Mets right Alonzo's up and somebody else I want I want Dominguez in here eighth, and then I'll put Alvarado in the ninth? Or do you think it's not going to matter as much, especially with no shift anymore, and he's going to wind up having a seventh, eighth, and ninth type guy? What do you think he's going to do?
0: Well, what worked last year was, interestingly, sort of the the Gabe Kapler method. And Mm. the difference was last year that Rob Thompson had buy-in from the relievers here. And the reason why is... One of his great strengths is his communication. So the bullpen relievers, and they say relievers like to know what their role is and when to come in. That's always the knock against doing this, right? right. Because they, you know, they're expecting, well, that's my inning, so I go in on that inning. The difference was, before every series, each reliever knew the matchups they fit best against, Right. and they kind of knew what the situation called for and then who they would go to. So... Mm-hmm. I, I remember when Kepler was doing this. You know, I I followed the bullpen fine. I remember people getting frustrated, and I could, I knew who was coming in next. I mm-hmm. you know, it seemed it seemed obvious to me, but I don't think he had the buy-in from the players,
1: right? And so, he also didn't have the personnel, I think, to be able to. Pull. Well, yeah, he didn't that helps have some too. Great yeah, relievers, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're saying, oh gosh, I could throw in a million names from the the Kepler bullpens of of yeah. of, of, y- of yonder, but 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 yeah, it sounds like everybody here kind of knows what their role is they kind of know that Dominguez will get the the final outs against the tough righties in the lineup at a certain point so uh and then Dominguez Dominguez will not they'll face them in the eighth if that's what it takes and and Alvarado comes in uh you know maybe he maybe he's in the ninth or maybe they split it depending on what's going on and, and you know they're just so much deeper now though so you kind of just know the pecking order from left and right side, and and you can attack those final innings. Yeah, having having those three three lefties is uh, maybe gives them a lot more options. Because last year you had Dominguez, and then when he would get the final outs, here's what happened. Well, see, I like here's why I like it. So you had Dominguez uh, and Alvarado kind of splitting the ninth depending on who was pitching. But when you had Alvarado as your ninth inning guy against the tough lefty bats. Well, what if your starter only goes five? Well, then you might you might need twice through the lineup mm-hmm. before you get to the end. So, right. you only had Brad Hand. So now you have Strom, and you have Soto. So you got to feel a lot better about about that.
1: I do. I also think that because you know, I don't know. This is the weird way my mind works. Alvarado and Soto, especially, who I've seen more than Strom. We we know that they're electric, but we also know that they go through periods where they, they struggle and need to get it back, right? And hopefully this year, if that's the case, then it's not at the same time, and you can kind of turn Soto into Alvarado if he's throwing the ball well and Alvarado's not, and then vice versa. And if both are struggling, then maybe you can get Strom in there for that role as well. It, it does seem like they can be – I mean, ideally you want Alvarado to be Alvarado and dominant and, you know, Dominguez same way, but – uh, I suppose having having Soto and Strom there can be sort of your insurance. All all three of them are insurance against when the other two are struggling or not getting it done.
0: Yeah, so it's it's nice to have that that sense of of depth uh, finally, right uh, for, for 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 the first time in recent memory. And you know what? Let's let's be honest too. Kind of going into last year, I remember having conversations about the the bullpen last year, and and and. Really, when the, the the likes of Dominguez came up, I would say, well, that's your wild card. And I saw him pitch in spring. I thought, okay, all right, maybe he's got something. But he was a total wild card going into into, into last year, right? He just had that one appearance at the end of 2021. He, mm-hmm. cl- he clearly wasn't back to his, his old self yet after the surgery, but they made sure they gave him one appearance at the end of the year, just to, just sort of a token measure to... To say, hey, welcome back. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he came out of nowhere. I mean, <laughs> the Phillies were waiting a long time for him to be what he kind of opened his career as. So, absolutely. Uh, and they gave him that extension. So they, they, def- they did lock him up for a couple of years to, to make sure that, uh, he's, he's around. And, you know, they're, they're really, they, they've really reshaped this bullpen. Cause I, last spring too, I I didn't feel that great about Alvarado. And uh, you know, you were counting on the likes of Coonrod and, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey Knebel was supposed to be your yeah. relief face, and yeah, know, they've come a long way in, in one year,
1: yeah. See, this, but though that's what you're saying sort of gives me that pause that you know, again, I think this bullpen probably has more stuff than it's ever had. I mean, even Kimberl. When he's on, when he's on, he's got, he's, he's 96 miles per hour, right? And he's got a good power sinker. I mean, he's, he's got stuff. Soto has stuff. Alvarado and Dominguez, we know they have stuff too. So I think that maybe this might be their, in recent history, their best collection of guys who can really get guys out, um, on swing and miss stuff. But, I, but you know, I guess I'm going to worry about health, durability, and sort of slumps, individual slumps throughout the year, which is pretty much every bullpen. But, I don't know, maybe it's the year that they got it right and because it's a nice little mix of youth and veterans there and you do have an electric, dominant guy like Dominguez to kind of stabilize you. You know, I think in the past when they've had bullpen issues, there was never someone who could step up and stabilize it. I I do feel like Dominguez is that guy. Sir Anthony can come in. And look, if if some other guys are struggling and they just need Dominguez to be your guy for, you know, three out of eight games where he has to be your high leverage guy, you get to the seventh or eighth and you can use him. That's fine. That's good. I do think the potential of this bullpen excites me. I'm I'm definitely scarred by moves past, though, because there's been many, many years of thinking you have some good arms in the bullpen and instead getting guys who just couldn't get anybody out. So but but this should be. This is a different feel for this Phillies team, so I, I don't want to just like project that onto this year's team. Well, I'd like to go
0: beyond those eight for a second that we that we mentioned because I feel like there's depth that they didn't have before. It mm-hmm. used to be like if the ones you were counting on didn't come through, you were just plain screwed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the the uh, on the forty, I mentioned Andrew Vasquez. You know, the, he's a lefty who could help if you need somebody. Yep. Um, then you then you have other guys on the forty uh, already. Um, that maybe can help you, uh, like, just look at, go to the list. These are some ones they've added they like, like Luis Ortiz, Mm -hmm. Eric Gilman. So you got a few of those. But then the ones beyond that have a a particular uh, interest for me. Um, Griff McGarry, who could could, Mm. could join this Phillies bullpen at some point. Uh, He's in camp. Uh, They did not. They did not use McGarry as uh, as a candidate for the rotation, so he's probably going to end up um, in the bullpen. Uh, it, they're probably getting him to be a reliever, and then, of course, they have Andrew Baker, who's actually even gotten into a game so far this spring. Uh, he's somebody mm-hmm. that looked really good. Uh, again, these these are a couple um, <laughs> big stuff guys. You know, which seems to be what they like these days. Uh, so, I think. I think having Baker and McGarry, they they're real wild cards in the wings. Yeah, you know, you're not you're not going to see them opening day, but right uh, but I feel like that they could go down to the system and and get impact in a way that they have not been able to do in in previous years.
1: Mhm. No, that's a good point. Uh, don't they still have even though they released him and brought him back, right, Francisco Morales? Uh, Morales is around. yep. he he did uh clear waivers and was outright
0: right it's AAA, so Right. Yeah, Morales did pitch. Uh, Where did he pitch? Yeah, I saw him pitching at some point. Um, I can't remember which game he appeared in, in in the spring, but but yeah, he had a clean inning. So he, he, you know, he's somebody that was was a. There's a lot of guys like that that were prospects. They kind of fall mm-hmm. off the rails and then they find their way again, right? So yeah, I mean, I
1: mean I'm sort of interested by the Junior Marte kid, right? Isn't he? Yeah, Junior Marte. Uh, okay, I knew I
0: was forgetting somebody. Yeah, yeah he was another pickup on the uh, on the forty man. That they are, that they are, uh, thinking could be somebody. So yeah, I meant to include him in that list, but, but yeah, but they've, they've got this depth that they didn't have before. So now, now the ones like Junior Marte, um, I, I believe he does have a minor league option, which is great because he could be a guy that goes back and forth to AAA. Uh, mm-hmm. when you, you know, you know how it always is, right? There's so, somebody's going to have an injury, whether it's big or small. You You hope not, but somebody will be banged up a little bit and needs, needs a, Fifteen day uh, trip to the injured list,
1: and uh, right.
0: yeah, so so th- that's very very helpful to have. I like that depth as well.
1: Yes, yeah. So again, like I, I like the depth here. I think that's a big thing. Plus, you know, we haven't really spent some time talking about the Rule Five guy, Noah Song, right? I mean, I know it's oh yeah, it's a, oh, that absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't shot. want to talk about
0: Noah, Noah <laughs> Song. He is a total, 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 total wild card at this point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The Phillies, when they drafted him as a Rule 5 pick, they didn't even know that he would be released from active duty. So he so he, he still is in the military, but he is on reserve duty. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he could be technically pulled back, uh, but he comes to the Phillies having not thrown off a mound in three years. And uh, Dave Dabrowski... I thought Dabrowski it was longer went, than that. Dave, three years. So Dave okay. Dabrowski the other day said... Uh, Sam fool asked me afterwards, like, "Hey, how would it feel?" He said, "Oh, it feels like I haven't thrown in three years." Yeah. So, uh,
1: extra ice he, for that arm. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, he's he's certainly physically fit. Mm-hmm. He's certainly in shape, but throwing shape, who knows? I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta be skeptical. He's going to make the roster now. Dave Dombrowski said, "Hey, look, he was fifty thousand dollars for the claim." So. The Phillies might almost have to. I see. Who knows how much the Red Sox would want him back now. So, just to give people some background, he was runner-up for the Golden Spikes Award, right? Which is the equivalent Mm -hmm. of the Heisman Trophy, right? So, you hear more about the Heisman Trophy than you do Golden Spikes, but Pat Pat Burrell was a Golden Spikes winner. So, uh, so, but he was the runner-up for the for the Golden Spikes, and nobody was drafting him in the first round, basically because. He was going into into military service, and everybody knew that, right? So he was mm-hmm. out of the Naval Academy. So so the Red Sox took a flyer in the fourth round. Dave Debr- Dabrowski was in the room when they did it, and he said, well, you know, he's he was a real talent, and he grabbed him because, hey, if he ends up able to play, <laughs> he could be pretty good. Right. And so years later, Dabrowski certainly remembers his name, and... Put in the claim uh to, to get him on the rule five pick. So fifty thousand dollars at the end of spring training. If he does not make the active roster, he's supposed to be offered back. The Red Sox can say no thanks. Uh that that's a possibility. Uh when the Phillies kept Shane Victorino, uh the Dodgers said, Nah, you're we're good, you can have him. <laughs> so that has <laughs> happened at times. Uh and so Shane Victorino went to AAA uh, Scranton Wilkesbury at the time, yep. and then uh, you know, but that could happen here if 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 he the Red Sox. And by the way, it's not just that they don't want the player; it could have been that you know, way back in the day when the Dodgers didn't need Victorino, they were well stocked in center fielders, and they said, you know what, we don't we we don't have the roster spot for him. So you right. might want to hope you catch the Red Sox where they don't have the roster spot for him, and. They either offer him back or you offer somebody in trade to, to, to keep him around. And I think that would be ideal. You put him in extended strength training, uh, eventually get him into your minor league system. I think that would be the, the optimal situation for the Phillies. But it's hard to know just what the Red Sox are thinking right now.
1: Kind of cool guy to root for though, with that kind of story, because like you said, uh, was one of the best pitchers in, in the game in college. I think he was a flamethrower too. Uh, even though he hasn't thrown in, yep. off a in several years, he could really get the ball up, uh, the electricity up there. And, um, if he's able to develop here as a Philly, that, that, that would be pretty cool. I mean, we had a pretty cool story last year with, um, uh, uh the former first round pick. Why can't I remember? Um, uh, Mark is Mark Appel, right? They're I still want to in say camp, Mick, by the way. I know, I know. I want to say Mick Abel, but I knew that wasn't it because <laughs> they're both MAs. Uh But that was a pretty cool story, and yeah, he's back in camp as well. Um And so I don't know this. This could be even better of a story, but we're we're probably far from from that story, even having a, a prelude or a chapter one. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's so it's a total wild card. But hey, as Steve Dombrowski said, fifty thousand dollars, not much risk there. So b- b- we'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. One more thing I want to talk about, Jeff, before we get out of here is something else I wrote about recently, which is the potential for an Aaron Nola contract extension. It sounds like the two sides are are interested uh, when given the opportunity to talk about it. Dabrowski says, of course, we don't talk about contract negotiations, but he's somebody we like to keep around for a long time. So public interest from Dabrowski. Aaron Nola, uh, when he was spoken to by uh, by Matt Gelb of The Athletic earlier in the week, he says, well, my reps are handling it. I don't know, honestly. I love it here. I think everybody loves it here. Should something get done this spring?
1: Absolutely. Why wouldn't it? I mean, you know, he's been one of your best pitchers. You know, he's clearly snapped back last year after two years ago was not one of his better seasons. But he's now had more good to very good seasons than he's had underwhelming seasons. I still see him as, you know, the right number two. And if a guy like Painter really develops fast and he becomes a one or a two with Wheeler and Nola, and Nola's your three, that's even even better, right? Because uh, you know somebody else is going to pay Nola that money anyway. So if you can get him extended and you know before he reaches free agency, then the dollar figure isn't as bad. Um I- I'm kind of excited about the idea of with Painter and then maybe Abel and McGarry, you know, like kind of adding this infusion of young talent into this rotation by the end of this year, by next year, whatever you want to call it. And then having, you know, this is what really good teams do. Like the Dodgers have been doing, they've had, they had Kershaw. Right. And then they had, um, who's the other veteran they had for a little bit, but then they started adding guys that they they drafted in and start those. So their, their Kershaws got pushed down in the rotation and they're still really good. Uh, and then you had electric guys like I can't even remember. Urias, best. perhaps. Uh, B- uh, Bueller, I was thinking. Oh, Urias, Bueller, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bueller, Urias, Urias. Bueller, guys like that. And then maybe Dustin May will come back from his injury and and be good. And then it pushes your your veteran guys down a little bit. And you have a a, a great staff. Same thing with the Astros, right? I mean, they let Verlander go because they had guys like. um uh, I'm gonna say the name, and I hope I don't make everybody cry. But well, Ramber Valdez
0: is the is the uh, Valdez big one, and, right? And
1: then yeah, the yeah. Uh, and things like that. So that's that's great, you know. And this is what this is what the Phillies should be doing too. We've talked about that and their their inability to sort of develop young pitching and have that farm. But I'm I'm excited about those guys. And then but but you have to have Nola locked in. You got you got Wheeler. You got Nola. Those got to be your your anchors. And you know Suarez at some point is probably gonna. I don't know how many more years of control he has left. Hard to say
0: because he really, really wasn't until 2021 that he had a, a full season. So they, I, have to, I have to see what his service time is, but I think they're good for a few years.
1: Oh, is it that long? Okay. I, I thought maybe just one or two. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think they have, I think they have at least three. Let me see here. I'll, I'll look up his,
1: his, uh, service oh, so time. You look that up. I'm excited for, for the, you know, the year that Ranger Suarez might have this year. Okay. Just... So he's
0: got three years and 112 days of service time ranger suarez so far so okay. that that's uh that that means he's a free agent beginning 2026 so they have uh three four and five left Good. so three years Good. yeah and so then uh, by let's the remember two. next
1: year you work on one for yeah. him
0: after next year uh zach wheeler is set to be a free agent so you know, it would be nice to, to cycle them in and you know aaron nola turns 30 this year um, I, I feel like, you know, if, if he only costs you money, well, that's what you need to do with we're the Phillies, right? Remember, this is the team that's rebuilding on the fly, right. you know, trying to win as much as possible while also letting the minor league system develop. And so if he's only costing you money, he doesn't cost you anything in trade, he doesn't have to cost you a draft pick, uh, then even if you are, quote-unquote, overpaying him, he, you just get the player. And it doesn't yeah. seem like this is a team right now that needs to... Uh, to worry about that. Now, the contract that everybody talks about in uh, comparison would be Carlos Rodon, who just turned 30 himself. Well, he's he's about six months older than Nola, mm-hmm. but he just got a six-year, $162 million contract from the Yankees. That's mm-hmm. probably what you're looking at for Aaron Nola.
1: Uh, okay. I can I, see the Yankees sort of had to. I don't want to call it overpay because Rowan's a good player, but that's a free agent signing. Usually, when you can reward your in, like I get it, that's what the market is now. So yeah, it'll probably have to be in that area. But well, if I'm Nola's agent, I'm not little accepting
0: little less. anything less than that. I don't know because because if if Nola's on the free agent market, pretty much by himself in terms of impact starters.
1: But when does he become the? Is he a free agent at the end of at, this year, at, Frank? At the end of this year. Oh, that's okay. I, th- I forgot. I was thinking next year. So I thought you had a little bit more leverage there, but no, yeah, now you got to pay, you have to pay the the rate, the going rate.
0: Yeah. So that's, it's, that's, that's probably what they're going to have to pay. Um, I mean, if you look at the likes of uh, who's a free agent uh, for, for next year's class, I don't see anybody that really uh, opens my eyes like that. Max Scherzer, maybe if he opts
1: out when he's 53. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't really see a uh, a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, opportunities uh, for starting pitching. So, I mean, if they they both like each other, uh, I think it's a good move for even if you, even if you even if you overpay. Mm-hmm. Just the Phillies have unlimited money. It feels like right now, right? So <laughs> it's like yeah. See,
1: I was gonna say like, can you really if with Wheeler only having one year left, does it make sense to do this for Nola? Because then you might have to lose Wheeler. But I don't know. Maybe you can keep. Both of them, the way the Phillies have been spending money. If if Wheeler goes out and has a Cy Young caliber season, then I guess he's going to, you know, like the Astros let Garrett Cole walk because they had such amazing pitching come up. And now they've let Verlander walk. I don't know if the Phillies are yet to that level. I mean, Painter, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see on Mick Abel and Griff McGarry. I don't know if they're at that level where if Zach Wheeler has a Cy Young season, they're going to say say Um, We're giving Nola the extension and just moving Painter and, and McGarry up and and thank you for your services. I don't know if they're in that position yet, but I guess we'll find out.
0: Well, Zach Wheeler will be 35 at the end of next season. So Wow. Uh, so he turns, I'm yeah. shooting me, 34. He turns 33 this season. He'll be 34 next season. So whoever signs him beyond that is is signing somebody who will hit 35 in that year. So, you know, you, you like what Wheeler's given you, but he's, he's not ageless. So. Correct. You're going to have to, you're going to have to worry about that, but. Uh, but yeah, but the, you know, the, and they have, uh, of course, Taiwan Walker for four years. So there will be a, they will be, uh, there will be some shuffling in this rotation coming up. With with only if you don't sign Nola, you don't sign Wheeler. All you have left is Walker, and uh, after after next season, you would only have Walker and Suarez, and Suarez would be on his last year. So right. you got this. This will be good for the for the long term and the short term.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree.
0: All right. Well, that's a lot of pitching to talk. We're going to keep talking pitching throughout this spring training. Phillies are playing games, literally and figuratively, by the way, because I I, I think they all really like each other and and, and plenty of goofballs on that roster uh, as well, the Brandon Marshes and Craig Kimbrills. But they're having fun. Fans are having fun. And we'll have fun all spring training long for the Powder Blue Podcast from Clearwater, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, we'll catch you next time.